Welcome to Chronically Fully Sick. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that we're recording today on the stolen lands of the Guana and Kulin Nations. Sovereignty was never ceded and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the Chronically Fully Sick podcast. This is Joanna Nilsson speaking and with me as usual is my disgustingly beautiful and sexy co-host Chloe Sargent and we're coming to you live from the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Centre. <laughs> Yes, everyone's oh. spiritual home now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hang on. Yeah. Ah, yes, let's crack a, crack a tinny for uh, Donald Trump getting gone. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. We won't miss you. I will be so glad to never see that boiled ham face ever again in my entire fucking life. Yeah, me too. I just don't, yeah, it's... Working in the media is weird because I know that media are going to still keep covering stories about him and I just don't want to ever see him and his disgusting face or hair again in my entire life. But Did you know that hair is actually like stitched together onto his head because he was going bald? So they did kind of like a Frankenstein type of thing with his scalp, which gave him crazy headaches. And oh, my made God. Him, I know, and made him really angry and... <laughs> and wildly so became yeah, the and, dictator of a country. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I heard anyway, and I'm not that's going what to. Leave. <laughs> I'm not going to fact check it. Yeah, it's. Um, like, I hate it when I get a cosmetic surgery and then I uh, take over a country. Uh, speaking of, oh, but anyway, okay, shut up for a sec because. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> We're coming to you um, making this podcast because we both have a shitty condition called fibromyalgia, which is really painful and debilitating. And it kind of feels like someone's hitting you all over with a two by four all the time. Uh, And we found online spaces catering to chronic pain and illness to be pretty negative and boring and unhelpful. So we started our own and then we started a podcast. So that's for all of you just um, coming to us now, which there might be a couple of you, right? Yeah, there are. So if, you know, just looking at the analytics, which is always a weird thing to, to do to remind yourself that people are actually listening. Um, yeah, like you, people are finding us, which is just crazy. We love it. We're so, so happy you're here. Thank you. Yes. And this afternoon we had a really awesome article come out in Pedestrian, which is a great little website um, here in Australia. Thank you, Lav, for writing that for us. Um, I know. It was so lovely. I felt so like cool and sexy and hot. I know. As opposed to every other moment of my life. (laughs) (laughs) So how have you been, darling? Oh, yeah. Not too bad. Like I I was saying to you earlier and then I was like, oh, I should – probably say this on the podcast too that I we're recording after we've both finished work and Mm -hmm. I had a nap after I finished work because you know I for me doing two things in one day is way too much Mm -hmm. um so I had a nap before we recorded and now I've woken up and my shoulders and everything is spasming which are 
That's really it's, it's super fun. Yeah. And also my I'm staying with my parents at the moment and they're painting the entire house. So that's why I'm super echoey and I'm really sorry. There's nothing I could do about it. <laughs> How are you liking those fumes? Uh, the fumes are a lot. They're a lot. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can probably smell them through our Zoom call because it's, it's like always it's fun a lot. because fibro gives you like extra sensitivity to that kind of thing a lot of the time I find. Yeah. And it's like I have this insane headache from the paint fumes and now like now that I am diagnosed with fibro and stuff I'm like oh when things like this happen it's because of fibro it's not just Mm. I'm a whittle baby that can't handle things you know like it's I mean there's also that (laughs) yeah I I take that back actually I am a whittle baby that can't handle things but you know also also the debilitating disease that we have yeah how are you well I have been I've had like a really bad fatigue issue I don't know what that is about I slept until like 3 p.m. on Sunday, which is quite weird for me, but I guess I needed mm. it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe people in Melbourne get at me because maybe it's post being locked up for seven months fatigue or something else. I don't really know, but I just – I'm so exhausted all the time. I was going to say to you, was it like you went out for one social occasion and your body's like, I don't know how to do this anymore? Oh, yeah, I did go to Pilates. So That's I'll be it. paying for that for a week. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Your body's like, what this? I don't understand. We were doing a stretch um, to like cool down or whatever you call it. And um, mm. I audibly farted. So that was cool. <laughs> oh, can't, just can't take you anywhere. Can't take you absolutely anywhere. But then again, I in a previous episode, I did talk about the time that I violently vomited everywhere and fainted during See? a yoga class. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we've started this podcast, so we can talk about our bodily functions in yoga classes and Pilates classes, because Mm. (laughs) we're not pretty, we're just hot, sexy and cute. Um, Speaking of hot, sexy and cute, you and me, by chance, got the same, I guess it's a medical procedure, like this week. Yeah, it's one of those like procedures that technically it's a cosmetic procedure, but we use it for medical reasons, whereas Mm. a lot of people use it for cosmetic reasons but Mm -hmm. we still have to pay the cosmetic price yeah i know it's ridiculous but it's to do with teeth baby because you know medicare doesn't give a shit about teeth so yeah no dental stuff is on medicare and it's just unbelievable i don't understand Mm -hmm. why everything's like two thousand dollars but yeah we we both have uh where we grind and clench our jaw uh so we both by chance, this week, both got masseter Botox, which is mm-hmm. – you've had before, right? Yeah. So they basically inject Botox into the – you can kind of feel it if you clench your teeth, kind of either side of – what am I pressing here? Can you describe this? Like uh, kind of underneath my ear, I guess, on my jaw. You can yeah, feel the muscle like pop right out. right at the back of your jaw. Yeah, you can mm. feel the muscle pop out and they inject Botox into it and it basically stops you from clenching your teeth. I'm finding it up and down so far. It's not as effective as what I thought it would be. I had to get about $700 injected into my face. Because I got, obviously not having had it before, I was mm -hmm. like, what's the starter dose? I don't know anything about Botox. And she Mm -hmm. just, I think, gave me the very sort of base level. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to end up having to do the same thing where I'm going to go back in there and be like, give me more. I need more. Well, that's Botox for you, baby. Yeah, it's like tattoos that gets real addictive real fast. Mm. Well, I have to have a lot because as I've said on the pod before, I um 
because of the pain, I do grind my teeth um, and I've lost a tooth recently. And as I keep threatening to do, we'll get it replaced with a gold tooth. Yeah. Um, but they obviously, obviously they um, <laughs> injected all up my jaw and actually into my temples and um, a bit further up on my sort of hairline, I guess. Which they went felt all the way up. really, really, really weird. Yeah. It was like, like I said, it was my first experience with Botox. And I was, she was like, oh, so it'll like sting a little bit, you know, when it just, just when the needle goes in. And afterwards I was like, you bitch. I'm like, I could feel the stuff <laughs> going into my muscle and I did not like that. And you lied to me. Like, it was just, again, I'm a whittle baby. So I felt like I was getting antifreeze injected into like straight into my brain. Yeah, it's a very strange feeling. I am not rushing back to do it for just cosmetic reasons, that's for sure. But, the cosmetic you know. reasons are is that like atrophies the muscle in your jaw and is supposed to slim your face. And that's what people right. really get it for. Um, gotcha. But, I mean, my jaw is very powerful and it's never done that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> my jaw is too powerful for your measly human Botox. Yeah, um, the last trick that did it was like, oh, my God, these are the biggest um, masseter muscles I've ever seen. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, she's built. Mm. Mm-hmm. Take that, gym. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was – the girl definitely said the same thing to me. She's just like, this is very, very enormous. And I'm like, mm, yeah, it's – but I, I've realized the reason is is that because I became sort of conscious of the fact that I was clenching – and like I was always tensing my jaw and grinding and that kind of stuff. During the day, I can control it because I am now conscious of it. But it's actually when I sleep at night because I think my body is just overcompensating for the pain. So I'm just constantly mm. tensed up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's oh, yeah the worst. Mm. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm not utterly convinced yet, but you are a big believer in this. Um, yeah, I am. And I also sleep with a um, like a boil and bite mouth guard in that like people have for football oh yeah which is really hot like it is yeah it's a sexy way to <laughs> sleep black. that's for sure so it looks, it looks really good <laughs> <laughs> so at night if your partner looks at you it looks like you have no teeth yeah cool yeah and i'm just that's... covered in like slimy retinol and, yeah like... <laughs> all of your like the snail stuff the like secretion stuff that you put all over your face as well look mate come and talk to yeah. me when you're in your like Mid-30s. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, the coughing really hid that well. Well done, you. <laughs> but I also wanted to mention, just up top as well, so we had an episode talking about our doctors a while back and I described one of mine. Um, yeah. didn't really give any identifying details. Um, the flamenco guy. The flamenco dancer and what's a healthy delicious young girl like you doing in my office today (laughs) yeah if you haven't listened to that episode i would highly recommend going back and finding it because joe's explanation of this absolutely bizarre sounding person (laughs) like it would be a bizarre person to meet let alone a medical professional so like yeah it's truly wild stuff waved a spine from a medical dummy at me once and refused (gasps) to write me a um, medical certificate (laughs) No, you said he menaced at me. He menaced at me with a spine from an anatomical model. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was the funniest sentence I'd ever heard in my life. (laughs) So ostensibly we have had a couple of people listen to that and (laughs) I've had three people now. Oh, my God. all separate to each other. 
reach out me. and say, oh yes. my God. And go, is it <laughs> Dr. X? And I'm like, is it- what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but I love that like he's so notorious in he the spooky community. Because yes. he's like, he's obviously like there's so many people that live in similar areas to you in Melbourne that have yeah. accidentally also stumbled across this bizarre man and oh my god he's one of the last like bulk billing doctors in the inner north oh that's why there we go like yeah Yeah. i love that i love that he's so notorious that he's imagine if like he found this podcast and he'd be like hmm i have menaced at a young woman with a spine once he would love it flamenco danced (laughs) he'd love this celebrity celebrity the notoriety i love that oh my god what a what a what a weird legend a weird weird legend yes uh speaking of weird i'm just Mm. gonna like really pivot here okay um i actually yeah okay uh come to melbourne and i will mate um (laughs) i know (laughs) i'm being so mean to you i think i am trying to pick a fight with you (laughs) You've been locked up for so long, mate. I don't blame you. Just trying to pick fights. So we all know about COVID, right? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whilst we know that it is a deadly and very contagious disease, we actually don't know what the long-term effects of it are. Um, Absolutely. And I was reading a study a couple of weeks ago about the long-term effects of the SARS virus in Canada. And it was found that people that had gotten SARS and recovered were experiencing what turned out to pretty much be chronic fatigue and symptoms of fibromyalgia. There's also been a study in Dubbo here in Australia for people that have had Ross River fever and um, oh, yeah. mm, Epstein-Barr virus. Yeah. Because that's what I was going to bring up, that I know a lot of people who they developed their symptoms after having some kind of flu type thing mm-hmm. or something like that. And they there's a lot of studies done and that kind of thing into like whether the Epstein-Barr virus is part and parcel of, you know, developing illnesses like fibro and uh, chronic fatigue where, you know, they don't know a lot about it and they're trying to figure this shit out. So I myself have um, Epstein-Barr virus lingering around in my blood and Western medicine can't really do a lot about it. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. that have fibro and chronic fatigue do. Um, There's also been some studies to suggest that fibro and chronic fatigue arise after um, a hectic physical um, event like an accident or some traumatic incident cu- coupled yeah. with an emotional kind of event as well. Yeah, so those they say that three... trauma can be a big a big part of it. Totally. And so yeah. those are three kind of causes that sort of get brought up um, in a really roundabout kind of weird way. Yeah, they, they get thrown around a lot and a lot of doctors will kind of rely on them as like factual when, you know, there's been some studies done but nothing's been obviously like proven to the extent that, you know, enough has been done into it but um yeah it's they are always like thrown around as Mm -hmm. this might be why so what the reason i bring this up and as we mentioned before we may actually see some more studies going into what causes chronic fatigue and fibro and even reactive arthritis because of Mm -hmm. covid Um, yeah totally 
And so I linked to an article from Time in our show notes that I read this week. And it's sort of studying the what people would probably call, I don't know, long haul coronavirus. That's what I've seen it referred to as, yes. Like the yes. long haul symptoms of coronavirus kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a part of it that says, as the COVID-19 pandemic presses on, doctors are increasingly worried about the significant subset of coronavirus patients estimated to be somewhere around 10% who are suffering symptoms like fatigue, brain fog and chronic pain for months on end. Sound familiar, baby? Hmm, hi. Mm, at hi. me next time. Um, I, um, I actually saw a news segment the other day of, because I think a lot of people assume that it's only sort of like older people or vulnerable people that are getting these long haul symptoms. But I, I was watching a news segment the other day. I can't remember what it was. It was probably like Channel 7 because that's what my parents watch. Um, but uh, there was a woman who is like a marathon runner. And she got coronavirus in March and is still living with like really horrific symptoms that sound pretty much identical to ours months Uh later, like six months Mm -hmm. later. She, and she is just, she's like, this is fucked. Like no one told me that this would happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because no one ever thinks about the long-term symptoms of getting sick. Like, well, they yes. have a description of a registered nurse that got it. And so this is the description of what she experiences on a day, day-to-day basis. Virtually any amount of physical exertion, even showering, leaves her with a bone-deep, sometimes days-long exhaustion, unlike anything she experienced before she got sick. Her brain is always foggy. Her thoughts always jumbled. She has a chronic sore throat and constant pain. Even her voice changed, weakening to one that sounds frail and sick. She feels like she inherited the body of a hundred-year-old half a century early. Oh, my God. At me next time. I know. That is, there are so many people that, like I said, this obviously hasn't been a proven thing yet, but there, I know so many people that anecdotally they were like, this all started after I got some kind of flu, mm-hmm. some kind of, in the same way that, they don't have a cure for coronavirus. They don't have a cure for the flu either. And mm-hmm. there will be ways that it's affecting people on a long-term basis that hasn't been sort of explored yet. I think the thing that really gets to me is that, like, because people don't listen to people who live with chronic illness and invisible disability and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. we're like, hey, wear masks, like, stay home, do all of those types of things because... Please, God. <laughs> yeah, because, like, it's not just about you can make us sick and we're immunocompromised and we're more vulnerable, but it's also the fact that you don't want to catch this either because it's not just a fucking little flu that you are going to get over. You might have long, like, lifelong effects exactly. from this. Exactly, exactly. Like, like, it might not kill you, but yeah. you might you know you might yeah, come, be coming to join our facebook group soon yeah totally and have doctors like, and I think like laugh at you yeah and i think the thing like it it just it always really frustrated me because i'm just like people don't people think they're invincible until they're not you know and it's like just because yeah like you said this won't kill you doesn't mean that you're not going to have a really fucking horrific experience after mm-hmm. like i wouldn't wish what i go through on a daily basis on my worst fucking enemy like i wouldn't mm. wish fibromyalgia on anyone you're an <laughs> evil bitch so i know you would <laughs> <laughs> just hear you pulling away from your mic going mm. <laughs> maybe i just wouldn't wish fibro on anyone so it just it's it would shit. shit me when people would be like oh no i'm healthy i exercise blah 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 i don't need to wear a mask and it's like that one that's not how fucking it's viruses just luck. work it's and luck. two 
Yeah, it is. It's luck of the draw. It's genetics, which you have no idea about what's going on in your own body. Like it's all completely by chance. So Mm -hmm. just these people that think they're fucking invincible and it's like, buddy, do we have some news for you about what the rest of your life could look like? I mean, reading this article, and we can link to it as well. Yes, um, we I was, I, wow. I was reading through it and it really hit me. Passages like um, MECFS, chronic fatigue syndrome, um, is what's historically been known in the medical community as a contested illness. In other words, an illness some people think is fake. Patients' yes. lab tests often come back clean despite their debilitating symptoms. Hello. And though it often but not (laughs) always follows a viral illness, there's no agreed upon cause of uh, ME-CFS. As a result, it's easy to dismiss the psychological. Yep. (sighs) It takes a certain amount of medical savvy and determination, which is challenging to muster when you're bedridden, just to get a diagnosis. Yeah. People of colour with symptoms of the condition often have an especially difficult time getting doctors to take them seriously. Oh god, yeah. Because the mm. like the rates of people, um, people of color, and uh, indigenous people with chronic illnesses and chronic pain are just unbelievably, mm-hmm. like unbelievably high. And it's, it's like I always think about. It, I'm like, I am a very privileged white woman, and it took me nearly a decade to get my diagnosis. So if that's what I'm experiencing, I can't. You know, people of color are treated in the medical industry is horrific anyway. It's just. Oh, God, just listen to people of color. (laughs) Just take people seriously when they're in pain and trying to get help. It's not fucking rocket science. What this article is saying is that this pandemic will send a huge wave of people with chronic fatigue and fibro and reactive arthritis and chronic conditions um, through to a medical community that has no way of handling it, especially in the U.S., and we know what the experience is like here. But it's also saying that because of this influx, there might be better medical treatment, better studies done. Um, because and more money you know, put into it probably. Yeah. I mean, it does well, let's hope that anyway. um, there's no way as much research done with it as stuff like, let's say, Alzheimer's, um, breast yeah. cancer. You know, it's a few million per year. Yeah, so that, sure. that's that's probably some interesting news um, mm. that we can keep an eye on. But hopefully, you know, there won't be another big wave of people joining us because it no. sucks. It sucks. I think the like what I was thinking about when I was looking at that article was that, you know, when we started this podcast and us adminning the group and that kind of thing, one of the things that we always experience is like young people and particularly young women always coming to us and going, doctors won't listen to me, no one listens to me, thank God I found you guys because there's someone that acknowledges that what I'm going through is real. Yeah, man, we got those emails this afternoon saying that. If that's already happening and there are so many people out there that aren't being listened to, like the medical industry, like you said, particularly in the US because their medical system is garbage, but in Australia as well, it's like these people, there's already so many, just hundreds and thousands and, you know, God knows how many people going through this stuff that can't get the help they need. So it it is something that worries me because I'm like, it breaks my heart seeing so many young people that like I started developing symptoms when I was 19 and really mm-hmm. struggled to get help. God, I hope there's not more of us, a wave well, of more of us coming because <sighs> we'll be seeing you hoes later. Yeah. See you hoes down the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also wear a mask. It's time to get
yeah. I would like you to direct your eyeballs towards our next segment, mm. which would you like to read the uh, title of that? Yes. So Joe has in our in our in our show notes, she has put this out, like set this out so beautifully. It is Thank just you. it looks so minimalist and lovely, but mm. it is title Ketamine Corner, both spelt with a K. Uh, and <laughs> fuck you, Peter is the next line. <laughs> slash quack watch. And of um, course, our good friend Peter is the subject once again of quack watch. I was going to put in the usual theme that I have for this, but do you remember, because this is about ketamine this week, mm. um, do you remember that band Bush? Yes. You know. I do, because um, it's what's his face? Oh. No, don't worry. Keep going. You know, uh, <laughs> You know what I'm like with music? I'm like, oh, yeah, old mate from blah, blah. Yeah. You know that song Glycerine? Mm-hmm. I do. That's all. That's all. Anyway, would you, would cool you like references. To, cool references. Would you like <laughs> to read the Facebook? Um, sorry, the Instagram post that I have helpfully yes. inserted into the internet. Yes. So, um, our good friend Peter, that we um, <laughs> we love dearly, so much, so much, we love him. Oh, actually, do you want to explain who he is? Because there's people in oh, other yeah. countries that may Listeners, not, not have been blessed. <laughs> Yeah. If you're in another country and you don't know who our good friend Peter is, um, that is us being, you know, fuckheads and being so, yeah, very facetious. Yeah. Our good friend Peter is a uh, so old celebrity chef called Peter mm-hmm. Pete Evans. Uh, I just can't not call him Peter now. I have to call him Peter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pete Evans is his name and he used to be on MasterChef and all of those types of shows in Australia. But basically he went from a celebrity chef to being like, the wellness woo-woo conspiracy theory QAnon like just everything his, you could think of yeah every, he's everything every it's, he's not thing. just one yeah it's not like he was like mm, which which weird thing should I choose he's like no I'm gonna smoke it all like it's just not pack it yeah, all into my pipe I love it yeah he loves all of it so yeah <laughs> if you want to go see some woo-woo bullshit you can go visit him at Chef Pete Evans which you know, chef is a dicey term these days, but yeah, there we go. and he, we'll let him he's, have that. He's the enemy of our podcast. His his podcast yeah. is our nemesis podcast. Yeah, because we um when we first uh, started the podcast, we obviously had to put it under the the genre of health and <laughs> oh, yeah, wellness. Yeah, that's right. I even forget and we, how we got there. Yeah, and we didn't like realize that we were just going to be lumped in with all of this like woo woo anti vaxxer bullshit. And so the next podcast, like when you clicked on our podcast from the first episode, the next one down that was like more like this and it was Mm. fucking Pete Evans podcast. And it honestly, it made me, I nearly, I nearly sent you a message being like, I quit. Let's delete it. I'm done. (laughs) People sent us heaps of messages of our, our beautiful hair metal logo next to his fucking boiled peanut fucking face. Yeah, I know. It was so embarrassing. 
Oh my god, yeah, it was horrific. But anyway, we've um we've steered away from that now, I think. But if you do see us pop up next to Pete Evans, please don't send tell it us. Through to us because, no, no, I want to see it. It makes me laugh every time. No, um, especially because in every single episode so far, we have been we've mentioned him and told him to go fuck himself. So I hope he accidentally listens to us one day and is like, oh, what is this interesting podcast? No. Um, Fuck I will you, fight him. I will fight him with my fibromyalgia body. <laughs> yes, our weak, frail bodies. But I will, we will fucking thro- murder him. <laughs> I'll throw you, you at him. <laughs> <laughs> I am very with your small. Spasming, it's true. Um, <laughs> with your spasming arms my and shoulders. I know. Just my arms just like a helicopter. So <laughs> <laughs> helicopter attack. Um, no. Okay. 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 So. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, why does anyone listen to this? I've just we drank a six pack. I don't know why I'm here. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where I am. Um, okay, so Chef Peter Evans um, said earlier this year I had the wonderful opportunity to experience a therapist therapist assisted ketamine journey in Los Angeles with the amazing Doctor Someone, uh, where it is legal. We filmed the experience and it is now available to watch at whatever his network is that I'm not yeah, going to give coverage to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Along with, with many, many other with yeah, many ahead. other healing modalities. Is that say modalities? Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, I have an God, English I just, even the way he talks man. makes me yeah, the way he speaks just makes me want to like cry and also just kill everyone. Um, the healing modalities that we have undertaken and filmed with rainbow emojis and love hearts and that kind of stuff. And there's like so, a um, picture of him lying down with a like eye cover. What do you call those? Things? The eye mask. Eye, the eye mask, mask on. things on. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Fibro Fog. I don't know. What <laughs> um, the eye blah blah. It looks like he's lying on Freud's couch, but Freud is a lady. Yeah, um, Freud's a lady with a notebook that's writing down. I'm sure all of his like QAnon conspiracy theories yeah, that he's blurting it just says, out. It just says. This dude is a fuckwit. Yeah, um, I hope he dies soon. But anyway, yeah. so, okay, so <laughs> I tried to go onto the his website, which shall not be named, to join yes. up to see this video. But, of course, you have oh. to pay for it. And I, I will not. No, I, I refuse. Not. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Um, so I tried that. And then I went on the therapist's website. I mean, I thought oh, he healed yeah. himself with plants and bone broth. Since when is it, like? ketamine since when is it yeah. club drugs well i think it's i think the most interesting thing is is that like we've now got to the stage where there are ketamine trials and all of that kind of stuff and we we know some people who have taken part in them and like mm-hmm. are signing up to them and that kind of stuff so now it's finally being accepted into mainstream medicine and he's ruining which is, it which is but it's also the thing he claims to hate the most mm. like he hates mainstream medicine so much and like you said heals himself with fucking bone broth and it's has a horse said tranquilizer that- yeah how, how so- does that fit in with his like putting the sunlight up his asshole or whatever he does uh, yeah is he one of those people <sighs> probably. probably i don't he, i don't want to go to i don't want to go he that. he was talking about how looking at the the sun for ages can do something <gasps> that's right <laughs> he was like oh it was a mental health thing i think he said looking mm. at the sun does that and everyone's like no no bad no, for your eyesight frying yeah. your synapses in your fucking brain yeah um but yeah no so he's he's on the on the ketamine train but like i 
I think the thing that shit me the most was that I was like, okay, you were so furious. I know you were ropeable. I was, I was ropeable. I I sent this one to you, mm-hmm. um, but it was like there's all of these beautiful, gorgeous spoony angels that I know that are desperately trying to get on mm-hmm. ketamine trials to mm-hmm. see if that might help whatever mm-hmm. chronic illness and what awful and symptoms they live with, with. Really bad depression too. Yeah, but, like, mm. they're just trials in Australia at the moment. So mm. it's, like, everyone is just, like, trying to get on these things. But, of course, like, rich cunt over here that has absolutely no issues mm-hmm. is just able to just walk into a clinic and get that. And it just... It he just, doesn't even need it. What's it what he doesn't he even need, need it. Shits no. and giggles. Yeah, because he thinks mm. that it's some part of his, like, oh, I'm so weird and, blah, like, just... Oh, fuck off with your hippie bullshit and just mm. go over there, drink your bone broth and just leave everyone alone. Like I just I just want to say also that this therapist does Botox and, and fillers too, which is kind of convenient. Which he loves. Like I mm. I am ninety nine percent sure that he has had many a oh, Botox yeah. injection sure. in his life. We love Botox um, though. I wish he was on like taking our stuff. Yeah, stop, <laughs> stop taking our ketamine, stop taking our Botox. But, like, he is the type of person that is like, oh, my God, I would never have anything that with preservatives uh, in it, but is more uh, than happy to put Botox in his face, you know? Like, it just seems a bit not quite, you know, it doesn't in, really line up with his chippy mm, mama bullshit a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Actually, but, what we should do is rewind a little bit and talk about what ketamine actually is. Oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. We've, at the moment, we've Sorry. just yelled that it's horse tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> Which it actually is. So, yeah. so it's used by medical practitioners and veterinarians as an anesthetic. And it's sometimes, as I said, used illegally by people to get high. If you mm-hmm. were at a certain goth club probably about 10 years ago in Melbourne in a basement. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> it's almost like you're talking from... You know, an experience there. That's strange. No, a friend Weird. of mine certainly did not take it <laughs> and get locked in a cupboard for five hours. Oh, I've um, seen one per, one friend go in deep into a K-hole and it is, I just went to myself, that's not for me. That's not for me. So the, this K-hole that Chloe speaks of is a psychedelic effect which people can have when they take ketamine. Causing a person to hear, see, smell, whatever the senses are. It's <laughs> <laughs> five. There's five, Joe. Okay, <laughs> sure. She got two in there and just went, nah, just fuck the rest. And just too much, too much. Um, so it makes them see and hear shit, whatever. It's called Special K. Mm-hmm. K? Ket? Mm-hmm. Kit Kat? <laughs> I have never heard it called Kit Kat, but that's Super adorable. K? Super K and Special K. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. Horse tranquilizer or horse drink. Yeah, or trank. <laughs> trank. Yeah. Trank. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was actually an anesthetic that was used in actual medicine. I always just thought of it as a recreational drug. So, Me too. And yeah. guess what? I got it one time. Did you? So regular listeners may recall me talking about the time that I was horse riding and the horse bolted and I fell off the horse and snapped my leg in half in a yeah, paddock yeah. in the middle of like... <laughs> yeah. a Your leg came nowhere. straight off. <laughs> it looked yeah. really bad. But anyway, so I was in a paddock in the middle of nowhere, like an yeah. hour There's a photo of her of- in a Ambo like helicopter 
thing. Giving the thumbs up because I was really excited about being in a helicopter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Couldn't feel my bottom half, but uh, I'm real excited Um, about it. So the – because I was so far in the paddock in the middle of nowhere, they couldn't get an ambulance to me. Um, So they had a couple of ambos jump in a four-wheel drive and get out to me that way. So they they gave me one of those morphine whistles, which wasn't really working – so they didn't have an anesthetist. Anesthetist. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. On them because of because of that. So mm. they gave me ketamine. <laughs> so it wasn't just you in a helicopter going, give me the trank. No. I'm like, Sad. well, you could, it's a pity they didn't give it to the fucking horse beforehand. But <laughs> that horse needed some tranquilization. <laughs> um, so I need I, tranquility. <laughs> apparently would not go under and i re- i remember the experience quite well actually and God. they actually straightened my leg out and put it in a splint while i was awake <gasps> yeah uh, and I was lying there for about three hours um God. and they gave me and you just like screaming and then being like why won't this like just just ridiculous tripping. woman go under <laughs> like she's just, they gave she's... me about four times the amount that should have put a large man under and i still wouldn't go under and they yeah. were kind of looking at my partner at the time going uh what drugs does she take usually yeah. which was what none at this, that this? point um it was but just, i remember your body like, was too excited about the helicopter i'm That's too all strong I'm too, I'm, too, I'm, too, I'm too mighty for these mediocre human drugs. I remember this yeah. farmer, this cattle farmer, cradling my head in his big, meaty, worn, leathery hands, going, she's an ox of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. That sounds like something that's in, like, a medieval, like, history textbook. I know. It's just... She was a bloody ox of a woman. I know. Oh, wow. So I was coming in and out of it and I could kind of see I you could sort of experience ego death basically and you you are conscious but not aware that you're a person or knowing what your name is or that you have a physical form. Wow. So that, um, that sounds like a really fun recreational drug to take. It's but it's not it's not scary really. I think oh God, that um, and terrifying I could see I felt like I was on a yacht in the Mediterranean and I could see the Ambo's faces piercing through the sky at me occasionally and talking to me and stuff. But oh my god. Anyway. So right, cool. that's a lot of ketamine um, right. intravenously taken which is really unusual. Um, right. And so yeah, because it's not a big thing get... that's used here in Australia. No, as an it was really, really unusual, and yeah. I had to get choppered out. So they they decided to do that. So it's uh, so they use it uh, as they would use opioids. So like gotcha. your morphines yeah. or whatever for management of acute pain or controlled procedural pain. It's not effective in every patient. Um, yeah, for sure. And if you get a short ketamine infusion, it'll break the cycle of like complex nerve pain a lot of the time. Yeah, um, which is why so many of so many people we know are trying to sign up for the ketamine trials um, at the moment to see if that kind exactly. of it's because it's, it's a short dose. It's like a small dose and a short mm. treatment, isn't it? To see, yeah, if it, makes it won't a be anything like what I experienced at all. Like that, <laughs> no, slightly. guys, you're not gonna, yeah, you're not going to be helicoptered anywhere. Nope. You're not going to be called an ox of a woman by a leathery mm-hmm. farmer. So, mm-hmm. so what I found really, crash your dreams. Oh my god, <laughs> what I found really fascinating though is its effectiveness in depression. 
Um, so it, I don't know a lot about the mental health side of stuff. So it decreases suicidal ideation and given by intravenous infusion may produce antidepressant effects within four hours. Um, oh, wow. And it may persist for up to several weeks following a single infusion. Moreover, based on the available evidence, the magnitude of the antidepressant effects of ketamine appears to be more than double that of conventional antidepressants. So like your SSRIs or... Whatever. Yeah, or the SNRIs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so right. on the basis of these findings, ketamine has been described as the single most important advance in the treatment of depression in over 50 years. So why don't we fucking have it? Why? Yeah. And so I think we've like we've just got to the stage now. I think the trials might have been going on for maybe like a year or two or something mm-hmm. like really, really recent. But yeah, I think that's why I was so surprised by Pete Evans' doing that and pissed off because I was like okay so it's finally sort of getting into the stage where it might be mainstream medicine and we're really hoping for that and the last thing we need is a woo-woo fucking clown like you exactly making people think that it's like malarkey when in actual fact it's like something that could help millions of people so well that biotech's currently sort of researching devices that actually sit on you and inject you with small doses all the time based on internal medical advices for pain management patients so i just think of like me looking like bane from um oh yeah totally (laughs) yeah no and like the one from like the um older like the um christopher what's his name movies where like bane hits the thing on his chest and like the poison pumps into him with um, uma thurman as poison ivy yeah i'm just at the club (laughs) yeah it's just like more (laughs) but um, ego death ego death (laughs) ego death ego death seriously Um, though that sounds terrifying It was fine. Worst stuff has Mm. happened to me. Trust me. Um, Mm, That's an indictment on your life. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mum. What I did want to say was we actually have someone who has just started ketamine treatment that has sent us a a, um, voice message. Now, Mm. this is part of a new segment that I just Mm -hmm. invented probably 24 hours ago called Spoonie Hotline. Yeah, it was really smart and I saw Joe post it and I was just like, God, you're so smart. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. It's a good segment. I'm really excited Mm. about it. My body might be shit, but it makes my brain even more powerful. Mm, Yeah, it's like that meme where it's like um, galaxy brain for Spoonies is just like, I was too powerful, so God had to nerf me. It's like, (laughs) it's, (laughs) you know, it just had to take our bodies down a peg because our brains are just too much. Too powerful. But anyway, masculine. So, muscular, our, f- not our muscular. first. Oh my god! What the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> mm. uh, we shouldn't do this after work. But no. Okay. So, our first entry in the Spoonie Hotline Hall of Fame is from our beautiful mate Tizzy P. Mm-hmm. Tizzy P. Has Very excited in, to hear. Yes, to tell us about her experiences going on ketamine treatment for the first time. So we'll just have a bit of a listen to that. I'm just calling in to chat about, I guess, my journey through trying to get a diagnosis, which I don't necessarily have, and the medication I'm being prescribed at the moment. A quick background, I guess, is I have scoliosis and general back problems and back pain, which I've had since I was pretty young. Um, But a few years ago, 
my hands started getting sort of neuropathic pain through them and up my arms and I was kind of put in the too hard basket. I was living in the UK at the time and the NHS doesn't have a lot of good provisions or funding for preventative type medicine. Since I've been back in Australia, I was recommended to go speak to a doctor about thoracic outlet syndrome and I did that and they sort of pressed in various areas of my neck and decided that I probably have that and that's what could be causing my arm pain. I'm not totally sure if that's it, but it led me to do this functional movement training program through the hospital here, which has been really great. Um, as part of that program, this is quite long-winded, isn't it? As part of that program, I also ended up seeing the neurosurgeon to talk about some other things in my back. One of my discs is a bit herniated. And when I went in to talk to him about that, and I spoke to him about my arms as well, he offered to get me to try ketamine as a way of reducing my central pain. Uh, where we're at at the moment with the diagnosis is that maybe it's not thoracic outlet syndrome, but that the movement training I've done has been super helpful. And that what they think is going on is what's called central pain, where my sort of the way I'm perceiving pain and the way my body amplifies pain is a bit skewed. I don't know really the proper scientific terms for it or even totally what's going on, but this is what we're thinking at the moment is that it's central pain. What ketamine is supposed to do, and again, I'm not very scientific about this, is that it's supposed to change the way my nerves are experiencing pain. I think it's supposed to inhibit some of the pain reception. I'm just having a look at the documentation they've given me here to try and give you a bit more information. I guess previously I've been prescribed tramadol, which doesn't necessarily lessen my pain, but is distracting enough so that I can get some things done. Um, whereas so far my experience of taking the ketamine is that I take it at night before bed. It's only a really small amount and I don't really notice anything from it, but it tastes absolutely disgusting. Um, you put it under your tongue and it dissolves and it's foul and drink lots of water and yeah but I haven't noticed that it really has much of an effect on how I'm feeling immediately. I've been taking it for about a week now and it's a little bit hard to tell if it's affected my central pain or not yet but I'm pretty hopeful for this treatment. I'm glad that they're trying something new and something that has a definite end rather than just chucking painkillers at it to get by. Yeah I just it's nice to be talking to doctors who are trying more forward-thinking treatments. I guess I can check in with you and let you know how it's going more in a month. I guess I didn't, don't really have any fears about taking ketamine in very small doses because I've heard of this being used for these kind of treatments before, so I was actually a bit excited to try it. The first night I took it, I was a bit worried that I would feel unwell or it would make me too woozy, but now that I've tried it and it doesn't seem to really have any effect, it's a much more comfortable thing to do. I just wish it tasted better. Thank you, Tizzy yeah. P, for sending that in. That's super, super, super interesting. And I really liked how she said that she was really happy that there was a doctor that was willing to try something new instead of throwing painkillers at her. Absolutely. And, like, I completely empathise with that feeling of, like, knowing that there's, like, a treatment that you can do that has an end date kind of thing. Mm. So you can try it and then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does work, it does work. But it's just a better option than just, like, having painkillers thrown at you all the time or worse, mm -hmm. not having any painkillers and them just doing nothing. So, yeah, completely empathise. And it sounds 
great that especially like that your doctor offered it in the first place and is the type of doctor that wants to trial things so yes please uh, check in with us and let us know how you go because we're really interested in it and if anyone can tell our lovely friend tizzy how to make ketamine taste better please let us know i have a (laughs) feeling i have a feeling it may be chocolate milk chocolate milk may be the key interesting that's just just my theory based on other things so based on my scientific brain so what we're (laughs) going to do is we are going to listen to another short message and if you would like to send us a message telling us about your condition because we want to hear more about it shit doctors funny stories treatments anything like that please do send us a um, voice memo um, and you can email that to chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com and we'll play you on the show yeah Um, i was so happy that joe came up with this idea because at the end of the day we're two white gals that have exactly the same condition and so we want to hear about everyone's experiences and be able to share as many experiences as we can with chronic illness not just our own so we are going to have more guests on but Mm -hmm. we also want to hear about from every single person that we possibly can so we need to make this send us the point of the show is to make it into a community and for us to share experiences because a lot of chronic illnesses is doing your own research and asking mm-hmm. people and if you can offer advice or even just your experiences so people yeah, if out you want to have a vent have a vent for sure so people out there feel a bit less alone great bring it yeah um, bring it send us a voice memo okay and now we have the another one i just like to play that's a bit shorter um and it's from someone who would like to be referred to as O. Um, oh all right hey chronically fully sick i got diagnosed with crohn's disease in april this year um i had moved across the country for a job so got diagnosed while everyone was in lockdown and my family couldn't come see me and i couldn't go see them to get that support which sucked, Um, but I'm really lucky because I'm just on their entry-level medication right now, which seems to be working and doing the job. Um, But I made the mistake of joining a Facebook support group for Crohn's disease the day after I got diagnosed and finding out the worst-case scenario for your disease straight away is really scary. Would not recommend Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh. You poor angel. Oh, I'm so sorry. That is a mistake that I can guarantee so many people can relate to is that we've all gone, hey, I'd love to know more. And, like, joining a group or researching, again, because, like we were just saying, a lot of the time medical professionals aren't a huge amount of help, so we have to Mm -hmm. do a lot of our own research. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, joining some Facebook groups and doing a lot of research and WebMDing and all of that oh kind of God. stuff and then yes. going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Well, like oh they fuck. <laughs> yeah, like they said, um, you, a lot of it is worst case. Like a lot of it can, can happen, but I remember getting my diagnosis for fibro and going onto groups and seeing people in wheelchairs straight away, um, Yeah, which is something that can happen and that's okay, but that's – it's it is really scary, and I've, it I is feel scary really sorry for O yeah. because um, 
getting a diagnosis in lockdown without family support around no. is must have been so tough. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. Crohn's can be a real bitch. Um, it can be a real bitch. I've got some uh, people very close to me in my life that have Crohn's and mm-hmm. trust me, you can you can manage it. You're, you'll be absolutely fine. There are legends everywhere that have it. But, yeah, it is. I'm so sorry that you saw the worst case scenario in by joining this group because that's not a nice way, especially the day after your diagnosis as well. It was like, In a pandemic you know, too. Oh, my God. I, poor thing. I um, was living in a different state to my family when I got diagnosed as well. So me too. It wasn't lockdown stuff, but I do understand the being away mm. and not having your support network there. So I and very as we much did empathize. Mention, we do have a Facebook group, which is what this podcast started from. So if you do get a diagnosis, come in and have a chat to us or run a search on the group. I guarantee there'll be some info there for you. And if there's not, yeah. ask us. We are a well of information and we are so happy to help. Um, yes, but and we, we won't might... just throw you in the deep end with uh, Hell no. telling you what the worst case scenarios are. So we nah. will welcome you with very gentle hugs, mm-hmm. internet hugs. Um, and I want to wind up today with yes. um, this email from – what are you doing in there? Sorry, I just knocked something over and then made a little noise like a frightened squirrel. <laughs> <sighs> when we first started the podcast, Chloe had – She's in a like an empty room and she's trying to hang track pants up around her and then tried to put a blanket <laughs> on her head to make it sound better. I'm sorry. I'm <sighs> staying day. with my parents and they're painting and I just I tried to make it better and I fucked it up. Um <laughs> Yeah, so let's wrap this up. Oh. Anyway, can you read this last email from Peter? We don't just re- yeah, just read it. <laughs> you can read it. Yes. Thank All you right. for sending this in, Peter. I didn't tell I didn't tell them that we were gonna read it out. But yeah. I think we need to. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading um, the one from Peter. Okay. Yeah. As a fellow fibro sufferer, the episodes so far have been very enlightening. I mean, I've learned nothing useful. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, it's just great to hear you making humor out of the whole fibro shite. And it's also bloody spot on. The, oh, I don't know whether to laugh now or laugh later. <laughs> funniest thing I've ever read. Thank you so much, Peter. You were talking the other episode about dumbass cures people have suggested. Well, my mum once said to me that what I need is to get a job, brackets to cure the fibro. I was studying at the time and could barely keep that going. People have no freaking idea what living with this is like. Anywho, keep on going, keep going with this and giving people like me a much needed laugh. Cheers. Take care, Peter. We love Thank you, you, Peter. <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've Oh my god, that's my favorite letter that we've ever received. I think because that is just like, Wait till you I've see learned the one. absolutely nothing, and we're like, well, our job we've here done is it. done. <laughs> we've bloody gone and done it, haven't we? <laughs> There's one from another fella saying like his miso put him onto the podcast. Yeah, well, that was that was a really good one where it's just like me misses has put me on tears and it's like, oh okay. <laughs> no, I think because normally with chronic illness, it's predominantly women that women and people that were assigned female at birth that are like more like the chronic illness is more prevalent with. So mm. it's not often that we get to hear things like, Oh, me misses put you put me on tears and stuff from blokes. So yeah. <laughs> we love Keep you. it coming. Love it. Please. Love it. Yeah. Send us a um, send us a voice message too and make it as colourful as you'd like. Yes, please, because we've please. never held back and neither should you. No. But with that, we will 
retire for the evening. As I mentioned, we have a little group called Chronically Fully Sick and that's on Facebook. You can also send us your love letters, emails, whatever at chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com and we are also on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah. So our remember. Twitter is <laughs> at chronicfullsick. Correct. Um, because we couldn't fit chronically fully sick. So Twitter, chronic full sick, and Instagram, we are just chronically fully sick. Um, or you can also get in touch with us via our email or via our website, chronicallyfullysick.com. And uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe because, as always, we are very talented and professional podcasters. Yay! Woo! Kisses. All right. We'll speak to you Bye, in a fortnight. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.